Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World with me, John Jordan. This is our final podcast of 2018. So time to take a step back and think about what happened over the past 12 months in the world of uh, blockchain games. So I've picked out a few trends um, I think are the most significant and we're just going to run through them and um, kind of look at the trends and perhaps kind of see where they might take us in a 2019. So first trend, um, I think it's something that we kind of have to deal with um, as much as I kind of try to uh, decouple cryptocurrency, certainly cryptocurrency um, valuations and what's going on in the world of blockchain games. Um, considering how the year has ended in terms of the uh kind of uh, value of uh not be bitcoin and ethereum but pretty much every coin out there um, we have to kind of deal with what people are calling crypto winter or the crypto crisis or, or, or whatever uh, particular term we, we want to use um i think though in general it is important to realize that um what we've seen in 2018 in terms of uh, token value is is um a totally speculative endeavor um okay bitcoin may be 10 years old now but but really um if you kind of took out 2017 and just went from 2016 to 2018 um it wouldn't it, the, the entire problem would go away um it's just that we had this massive uh speculative speculative bubble in 2017 that makes 2018 look bad and, and of course everyone has based their uh, assumptions or based their business mo models or based their kind of view on the strength of the, of the whole sector based on what happened in 2017 and and that was as we see in lots of different areas of life but notably in any in many financial aspects we see bubbles we see asset bubbles occurring um and effectively um although i, I wouldn't although obviously some icos were kind of scams and ponzi schemes um you know we see this in in, in historically we see things the south sea bubble in the uk stock market um in the 18th century obviously in Holland in the uh, tulip bulb craze and across <clears throat> multiple stock exchanges o over um, the last hundred years. So we, we shouldn't be too surprised that uh, if the situation is set up where things are um, assets that are very easy to get hold of, uh, start increasing in value, then people are just going to uh, take what money they have out of other assets and start putting in this one that seems to be um, giving them free gold. Um, now, that said, uh, what has happened um, in the sort of the last six months is we've seen both in terms of sentiment and in terms of funding that has been a problem for blockchain games companies. I mean, it's been a problem for all blockchain companies, particularly those that have, um, you know, even those that have successfully ICO'd and haven't um, cashed out all their crypto. So people um, have have thought they had a certain amount of money um, potentially in their wallets and unless they've got it out quickly, um, they haven't anymore. So there is an issue in terms of uh, projects and their ongoing uh, kind of ability to fund themselves, uh, particularly as most of these projects are not at anything like uh, break-even. I mean, I don't think any blockchain <laughs> company is, is at break-even at the moment. So we have seen, um, I mean, kind of fewer, fewer than you ha would imagine. Um, we have seen a few projects kind of close down uh, because they can't fund themselves anymore or or, or if they're not shut down, they've kind of, um, the, the, the pace has, has dropped off. 
in in the long term, that's probably not a terrible thing. Um, at the moment, we're not seeing kind of very high profile projects shutting down. We're tending to, you know, it is a cliche, but it tends to be, you know, the um, the stronger ones have, have survived. I'm not saying necessarily that all uh, blockchain game projects that that are strong or have interesting ideas will will succeed. Now, certainly there will be a winnowing out of the field, but the ones that make it through um, will, will obviously have have proven themselves um, to a large degree. And equally, you know, what happens in, in, in life is when conditions turn bad, people go off and do something else. So there's other block, there's other blockchain games companies I know that are going off and just doing normal games now um, and potentially come back in when market conditions are better. Um, so I don't necessarily in the long term, I don't think we'll see it as, as, a, as a bad thing. Um, it will force people to be more creative. It will force people. I, th- I think there was certainly a, an exuberance in terms of how much money was floating around and how that money was being spent, which is always a bad sign in terms of um, kind of startup culture. If you raise loads of money and then immediately spend it all on business trips and massive parties. So I guess, you know, we have to say it's not a good thing. But that may be overplaying it. Um, so uh, moving on to something a bit more uh, kind of technical, I suppose, not that I'm particularly technical, but another interesting kind of um, trend we've seen this year, obviously a part of the ICO kind of scenario was was um, Ethereum, the rise of Ethereum as, as a blockchain that you could ICO on very quickly and make these um, ERC20 tokens that then became part of the altcoin explosion. I've definitely seen in the game world, the blockchain game world, a moving away uh, from running on Ethereum. Uh, with all the scalability issues that we know that blockchain currently has, although clearly there are plans for things to change. And even in early 2019 with, with various um, kind of code changes that they're planning on making. But anyway, aside from that, we, we've kind of um, seen lots of movement to uh, EOS and Tron, I guess are the two uh, kind of big blockchain projects that have kind of picked up uh, game uh, game titles and games, uh, blockchain game sector projects. I guess EOS is the most interesting in terms of we've started to see some games that have uh, a broad appeal in terms of at least in terms of DAUs. So EOS Knights being the prime example, a kind of idle uh, mobile game that's obviously running on EOS. It's called EOS Knights, um, and that's now had ten thousand registered users. Um, still not. An enormous amount and still, um, I, I, I will argue in a later trend, um, still not really actually taking us mass market at all. But it's kind of interesting um, to see that. And I guess the other thing with EOS is we've seen it definitely from the more, I think, some of the better funded and more uh, established or at least more experienced um, teams in the blockchain space. Not so much in the game space, but certainly in the game services space. We're seeing them uh, use EOS uh, at least as a basis, whether it's a hard fork or a soft fork of the EOS code. But EOS is just more useful in terms of it has uh, transaction speed is much faster and developers have much more control. So the obvious um, kind of example everyone says with EOS is you don't have any gas fees. So gas fees are the very small kind of, you can see the microtransactions you need to do to put your transaction through the um, Ethereum network, kind of like a priority kind of to get your transaction into a block, you have to spend a few, maybe a few cents, but it can be a lot more depending on how much activity there is in, in the wider blockchain. So with EOS, you don't have that, but you do have to stake um, EOS tokens in order to kind of gain access to the blockchain. That's quite confusing. Um, but for the bigger companies, it means they can kind of handle all that um, behind the scenes. So 
um, I guess Wax is the big one we see at the moment, um, which is uh, a very high transactional uh, blockchain-based uh, kind of game sector project. It's a slightly weird um, outlier in the sense that at the moment it is uh, basically taken all what originally was uh, Counter Strike Go skin gambling, uh, loot box gambling, and it's take, put that on the on the EOS or it's put it on its version of the EOS blockchain. Um, so there's that, which at least proves that it can handle um, a lot of transactions. Uh, I guess more interesting, we're seeing things like uh, Ultra, which is a uh, blockchain game and item kind of marketplace, uh, more approach or distribution channel, perhaps is a better way of putting it. Um, very experienced team, um, and they're looking to, to build on a version of EOS. Similar thing with Mythical Games, which is, again, building a platform. Um, experienced team come out of uh, uh, Activision Blizzard, amongst other uh, companies raised $60 million in its first funding round, has a few games coming out, but basically it's looking to build a, a kind of a ecosystem, a, a platform uh, based around the blockchain, again, using EOS. So we're kind of seeing that these people who are trying to do um, really mass market, really high performance, high transaction uh, activities around games that require them to kind of be able to handle the uh, the kind of operational environment, the, the user experience uh, EOS it seems to be um, what they are um, using. Tron, uh, a bit more immature, um, not not got such a kind of a, I guess slightly more dubious reputation for some of the things um, that it's done. Or just I guess it's just the the the, the um, again a sentiment kind of a kind of view on Tron. Um, Tron is is I guess the, the big movement for Tron during the year was uh, BitGuild, that was originally a Ethereum based uh, games platform, moved to Tron. Or is moving to Tron, uh, and we've seen started to see some games moving across. So there's been this kind of interesting um, scenario where we had some games launched on Ethereum and then moved to um, other kind of uh, other more sidechain um, technologies. But we've now seen a few that have gone tri-chain. So we have now some games that are running on on um, Ethereum and, and EOS, and then also going to Tron. Personally, I find that kind of confusing, um, but. Uh, but it kind of shows, I guess, technically that that, that that kind of stuff's happening. I guess more interesting, we'll see, I imagine, in 2019, uh, looking to the future. As we see kind of sidechain technology, notably uh, Loom Networks, uh, come kind of get to scale and actually launch. Um, there's a few uh, blockchain games working on it at the moment, but they, they've kind of had some problems. So all this kind of stuff is obviously kind of a bit experimental. I think in 2019... The changes to Ethereum uh, kind of mainnet and also some of these side chains coming in, we'll probably see like a, a slight rebound or, or maybe a strong rebound to Ethereum just because it is still um, the kind of most robust, the most tested, the the, the kind of easiest for most people to use. Um, although obviously every blockchain has its strengths or weaknesses. So uh, definitely in 2019, I think we'll see a lot of these EOS projects, um, uh, uh, kind of platform projects. Um, I guess we'll start to see um, a bit more of a um, maybe all games will, will go tri-chain. I mean, maybe, maybe that's just something people will do. But I do think kind of Ethereum will will, will, will uh, kind of bounce back. Um, which takes me on um, to uh, part uh, trend three. I've not numbered the parts, the trends before. Um, so the big thing for me this year was uh, the understanding of user experience and how important user experience is now this shouldn't be a surprise to, to me or anyone really um but certainly coming out of the world of free-to-play mobile which i focused on for the last um, five years 
those um, big free-to-play mobile games are in- incredibly honed when it comes to user experience. You know, any friction that can get in the way of someone getting into a game and starting to play for the best games, you know, are, are entirely removed. So if you look at a Supercell game, normally um, it launches within 10 seconds and then you can go straight into a game. You know, there are no pop-ups, there's no logins, there's, there's you know, you're just basically straight into a game. Um, that's an issue for blockchain uh, because you, you kind of wallets and logging in and... Um, What's the gameplay in most of these games anyway? Um, it's a very different scenario. But we're starting to see people um, who, who who have more experience outside of the blockchain game sector, just in the normal game sector, kind of now um, kind of launching companies and launching games, and they really understand um, user experience. So uh, for, for me, the kind of biggest thing holding the blockchain game sector back at the moment is user experience, um, because at the moment we've kind of seen uh, I guess a saturation. So we know people who are interested in blockchain and, and, and geeky kind of tech guys who have got some of these tokens anyway, you know, they, they kind of like to jump through the hoops or learn how to jump through the hoops to play some of these games. That's a kind of a, you know, inverted user experience. <laughs> um, the harder they are, the more people try to make it happen. But there, there are, you know, there's a limit on that. Certainly, um, you know, tens of thousands is the limit on that audience. Um, and, and if blockchain uh, games are ever going to go mass market which for me is is getting on for, for millions of players then then there has to be this kind of uh move towards no friction and just getting in the game and probably free to play and maybe um, no wallet set up um and certainly not asking people to spend ether or eos or staky eos or, or um, this kind of stuff so so that's a, a, a kind of a a loose trend i think it's something that that happens through any um technology that wants to be mass market and consumer facing uh, that you know, the, the one good thing is is that the uh, blockchain game sector has been so bad at user experience, with the exception of CryptoKitties, which we'll talk about later. Um, it's been so awful at it; um, it can only get better. So, so I think that's a that's a, a positive for two thousand and nineteen. And that leads me to my my fourth trend. So, I started the year um, not knowing very much about blockchain, and um, nothing about blockchain games. Um, launched a website, um, spent the, the last um, year every day learning more about it. I still not say I'm an expert, but I'm obviously known a lot more than I used to learn, um, yeah, used to know. Um, and the one kind of interesting kind of uh, Volta face for me um, has been get, getting onto the scene, first game played, um, like most people, I suppose, CryptoKitties and going, that's not a game. This is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. We need much better games than CryptoKitties. And then kind of over the over the, the months, Dipping into CryptoKit is buying more, kind of interacting um, with 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 the game app, whatever you want to call it. Um, meeting a few people from from Dapper Labs, and you really understand why CryptoKit is um, has you know it's been going for a year, so it's by far and away the longest running um, kind of blockchain game with scale. Um, it's still normally in the top five um, by terms of DAUs. It's still normally in the top five by by Ether spent. And what is built there is is the lightest possible thing we can call a game. You can buy something on the blockchain. You can breed it to create another one. Um, that's it. Um, obviously, there's a meta game around that. There's new ones coming out all the time. You can build collections. You can get kind of little badges for the collections you build. Um, but much more, you kind of interact with the community. There's this, this idea of now the Kittyverse, which is over 40 different kind of... Uh, Secondary apps that use CryptoKitties in in very light ways or in more complex ways. None of them has particularly any any scale, but um, that they provide a, you know, some utility to people who own CryptoKitties. But 
one thing FlipKit has done so well is because it's so simple, the user experience is really simple. You know, okay, you need MetaMask, but once you've got in there, there are two things to do. You can buy them. You can buy, buy CryptoKitties. You can breed them, or you can sell your put, put your ones on the marketplace to breed. Um, and literally, that's about it. And um, so everything else is is kind of a meta game. It's created around by the community, um, and, and that's really what most. The problem with most other blockchain games is they've looked at crypto, crypto kitties and said, oh, this is so simple. We need to put some more game mechanics in there. But as soon as they do that, they, they do it in a clunky way. Most of them are still running on Ethereum. So every every transaction takes however long to, to go through. You know, most people who are making blockchain games have all these um, transactions going through on the blockchain that shouldn't be on the blockchain. They can just be centralized. It doesn't really matter to the experience. So for me, the kind of uh, my learning really uh, more than the trends throughout 2018 is how um, how kind of brilliant uh, CryptoKitties is uh, in terms of providing what it needs to do at the time and how well we see lots of other interesting games with you know um, different features, maybe you know, generally more complex features. Um, and I have no problem with complex features, but they haven't they haven't. Uh, balance the complexity uh, with telling users what to do so let's run through a few of them so i mean some of these games have have done you know, pretty well you know uh, ethereum on um has, has been uh you know steady uh kind of performer it's done really well in terms of daus it's been there you know pretty much throughout the year got some interesting features um more recently my crypto heroes has kind of um not necessarily come out of nowhere but but um and that's done a few things right you can play that as a guest you know you don't have to, you don't have to do any wallet stuff with with that um and then i guess axie infinity is the one kind of towards the end of the year that's that's come out um not, not kind of complete yet in terms of features but but it certainly builds on the crypto kitty um kind of foundation in terms of having the having kind of cute characters that you can breed and then has these kind of battle mechanics and in many ways that has done a good job but in many ways has lots of things running that shouldn't be there or not explained well or shouldn't be transactions through the blockchain. Um, and and in, in most of those cases, I find while there are elements I like, the struggles I have with it, the frustrations are more frustrating than the pleasure I get out of it, um, which is why for me kind of a uh, crypto kit is, is still the kind of, um, I don't know, poster child, whatever you want to call it, of blockchain games, despite its limitations. Um, I think definitely in 2019, we will see a lot more. So I guess the the, the fifth trend is, um, looking through all this kind of stuff, uh, you know, how, how will how will the blockchain games in particular, um, you know, what will they look like in 2019? So um, I have to say a lot of kind of games that were going to be released in 2018 got pushed into 2019. I think that's partly due to funding issues, but more to do with um, inexperienced developers not understanding how long it takes to make games, how long it takes to test games, particularly blockchain games. So pretty much everything... Um, that we had in in our most anticipated list <laughs> um, that was that was written at the start of the year got pushed back into two thousand and nineteen. So yes, I think in two thousand and nineteen we will start to see some uh, blockchain games learning from from what's happened before and building on the kind of experiences uh, people have had in two thousand and eighteen. And certainly we've seen. There's something like Gods Unchained, which is a, a blockchain uh, card-based game designed for esports, raised um, quite a lot of money through um, a pre-item sale of uh, kind of card packs, and also 
um, tickets in all, for the esports tournament, and then a ten percent of the sales have gone back into the kind of prize pool for the tournament. I mean, that's something interesting in the sense that it's not just the game, how good the game is, uh, but there's a kind of a wider kind of community it's building and kind of interesting with the esports side of things. Um, it's a bit more, it's a bit more of a kind of a, a fuller product um, than just being a kind of single game you play. Uh, but kind of more interesting than that, I, I guess, uh, we have some kind of fairly high profile titles, at least in the blockchain game world. So we have uh, Reality Clash, the kind of mobile based, location based game that's gone, that's been doing some, has, has some beta testing towards the end of this year. It's kind of interesting in, in the sense it's a free to play mobile game. You don't have to be on the blockchain to play it, um, but uh, you can interact um, through a kind of web uh, portal with the kind of a uh, kind of marketplace for, for those uh, kind of the guns that you can use in the game again that's kind of interesting the biggest issue really for most blockchain projects i, I think is scale so anything you can get scale with um which at the moment means not telling them about the blockchain really um and then the small percentage of people who, who are interested in blockchain then then can get involved it's a bit like with free-to-play mobile games you know 97 percent, 98 percent of most people who play a free-to-play mobile game don't spend any money um, so in a sense, you could kind of imagine that happening with free-to-play um, blockchain games in the sense that maybe 98% of people won't interact with the blockchain at all. But um, you kind of make your money uh, by by those people who, who do. And probably, you know, if, if in five years' time it was still the case that free-to-play blockchain games were only being used by 2% of their audience, then, then, then the sector um, will basically stay niche. Um, but you can imagine over time, as people get a bit more into it, understanding what kind of stuff like ownership means, um, then that percentage of people who actually are interacting with the blockchain um, will increase. So I think that's the kind of interesting thing we'll see. We've got much more ambitious projects towards the end of uh, 2019, like the Sandbox, which is a user-generated content platform where people are kind of making these 3D animated voxel items they can sell on the marketplace and then put them in their Sandbox kind of game spaces, a bit bit like um, Roblox on the blockchain. Um, and obviously, uh, we have other kind of uh, kind of still still kind of limited in some ways. But uh, from from Mythic Games, their first game they're going to release is is, is well, whether how much of a game it is and how much of a collectible it is, we'll have to wait and see. The Blancos Blancos Block Party, so these kind of cute little um, kind of figures. Don't know what the block party bit of the game is. Um, we wait to find out that. But but that's you know coming from a more conventional game industry background then they have uh, you know those guys will have the uh, have the kind of experience of knowing what what kind of game quality artwork actually is and characterization um because i definitely think at the moment the games we look at and even even crypto kitties in a way you know these are not coming from experienced games teams these are coming from either kind of crypto hobbyists or kind of inexperienced games games companies that have kind of put together something their enthusiasm has done well for them but um these are not triple a games um and not and cannot compare to triple a games at the moment i think in 2019 we'll start to see that that kind of quality bar being raised pretty quickly um i guess also um, point out the guys at lucid sites who have got the uh, crypto crypto space commander um which has been in development for quite a long time now and gone through, through a few changes um it's kind of interesting it started off as a as a web web based um, distributed apps coming out as a client game. Um, we also have um, that company's also publishing Cryptic Conjure, an Unreal 4 game, a kind of client game. So de- we'll definitely see that move from this 
distributed apps running on web browsers to client games, whether that's mobile or PC. So uh, from that point of view, uh, 2019, will, I think it's set up to be uh, much more interesting in 2018. It's much more focused on product, much more focused on gaining audience, much more focused on serious projects that have the ability to go big. Whether blockchain game, like games will go quickly, will grow quickly, um, whether they'll get to a million um, players in 2019, probably not. Um, but for those of us, I guess, who, who have um, who are enthusiastic and optimistic about how, how big or how impactful um, the, the sector and the games could potentially be. If that's not starting to happen in 2019, then we'll have to get a lot more pessimistic, <laughs> I think. But um, I'm not suggesting that is the case at all. So I'm... Um, gets cautiously positive about 2019 for um, blockchain games and blockchain game services, which is um, an important part that we shouldn't really forget as well. So uh, that's my uh, roundup for the year. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, every week we have a look at what's going on in the world of blockchain games, um, talk about the news, talk about the trends, um, try and do a few more interviews with people actually doing these kind of products in 2019 as well. But um, thanks for listening. and. Hope you come back and listen sometime soon in the future.